Welcome to the bite-sized version of the Long-Term Athletic Development Podcast. I'm your host, James Baker, and over the coming months, I'll be joined by various guests for this new Ask Me Anything format of the podcast. We'll be discussing specific topics and questions from listeners and members of the LTD Network online community. And in this bite-sized episode, I'm joined by Dr. Joe Eisenman to discuss the topic of LTD frameworks, which was the focus of Joe's first monthly blog back in January. You can find the link to the article in the show notes, along with the link to submit your questions for discussion in future episodes. If you're enjoying our podcasts, please hit follow or subscribe to help us grow the podcast and keep improving it for you, our listeners. Our podcast is just one of a number of opportunities we create for you to be able to learn from leaders in the field of athlete development. Don't forget to sign up to the LTAD Network online learning platform at www.ltadnetwork.com and get your first month free using the code free month. There is over 150 hours of content in our video library from our workshops and conferences, as well as our youth physical development pathway resource. Alternatively, you can sign up for a free account and enjoy a number of excellent presentations, webinars and other written resources, including the LTAD Network youth physical development model. This episode is sponsored by Valve Performance. Valve systems offer unparalleled insight into performance, injury risk, and rehabilitation, driven by a multidisciplinary team of sports scientists, researchers, clinicians, designers, developers, and engineers. Valve systems enable you to adopt a truly athlete-centric approach when it comes to understanding human movement, performance, injury risk, and rehabilitation. Valve systems can be used across various disciplines from strength and conditioning to medical and rehabilitation, offering unparalleled insight into musculoskeletal and neural performance. Check out their website at www.valveperformance.com. Hey, Joe, thanks for joining us for this bite-sized version of the Long-Term Athlete Development Podcast. Uh, we're excited to have you here. Um, obviously a new format for us with the, the podcast going into short form. Um, so it'd be great for you and I to discuss different topics that are either put forward by people that are listening to the podcast or members of the online community. Uh, and obviously we're starting out today having a, a discussion around LTAD models, which was obviously your first blog in the, uh, the new LTAD network blog on the, on the, on the website. So yeah, excited to get into discussion around that with yourself. Yeah, we've had plenty of these discussions in the past, haven't we? <laughs> yeah, and it was great but, uh, to yeah, it was and it was great to write about it, and uh, excited for that new feature as well for the LTAD network. Yeah, there's already been a lot of people checking that out, and if if anyone listening in um, hasn't read that yet, I would definitely encourage them. Uh, to check it out so we can and then we'll extend that conversation around LTAD uh, models now uh, in our in our bite-sized podcast so getting to well picking up on one of the points that you made in in that blog uh, about people perceive that an LTAD model is something which is quite rigid um let's start off on that point and yeah, what's what's your take on that, and how would you maybe start to dispel that fallacy? Yeah, I think it goes back to when they were first presented. Obviously, yeah. you know, with uh, Isvan Balier 
uh, Tudor Bompa and the like, presenting long-term athletic development models from former Eastern European uh, bloc nations. And when people read those, I think they read them as, you know, these ages and this stage, but yeah. also like, this is the exercise prescription and this is the intensity and this is the volume and you must do this, right? And if you miss a step, then we're not going to get the ultimate trainability of an individual, which then leads us into windows of trainability, windows of opportunity as well, which is something else that should be dispelled and has been dispelled by different scholars and practitioners over, you know, the last 10 years or so. Um, James, actually, I was at a, a workshop at the U.S. Olympic Training Center, fresh out of my Ph.D., uh, for USA Swimming, and Tudor Bompa was there, and Tudor presented on a long-term athletic development model, and I remember him saying those words as well, like, you must do this, you must do this, these young swimmers must swim this yardage, this volume at these ages yeah. as well, so part of it came from, you know, how how those models were first put out there, Yeah, and again, I, I, I think you know, and we need to give credit here to John Oliver and Rodri Lloyd when they, number one, they wrote the paper along with uh, with Ford and colleagues in the Journal of Sports Science, Science kind of dispelling this fallacy of some of the long-term athletic development principles that were put out there, but also what some people perceived as well. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and, and in their youth physical development model, they talk about the trainability at all ages, right? Like we can yeah. train all, we can, we can train all physical qualities at all times. Yeah. Um, and again, and you also don't end up with kids starting at those very early stages. You get people that come in after a window of opportunity. So it's like, if the, the old concept would almost be, well, you've missed your chance. And that maybe then starts to affect the coach's thinking and ideas around what that athlete could actually achieve, I, I guess, or, you know, lead people to disregard athletes in certain elements. Oh, well, we've missed our speed window. We better just focus on getting them really strong or vice versa. Mm -hmm. you know, I think yeah. there's some misleading components to it, but I agree, you know, are massively influenced, as you know, by that YPD model from Rodri and, and John um, really provided a, a, a solid foundational framework to start to build out the systems that I've been involved in. It's always something that I go back to, you know, time and time again, when I'm presenting what we've done is, you know, this is, this is our guide um, to, to, yeah, shape the direction of what we're trying to do and make sure that we're on on the on the right path. But I definitely think that idea of training all things all the time um was something which yeah came through really strong from the work that they put out. And I think, you know, just be that that work producing those well-rounded athletes, you know, through the way that they had had mapped it out, that those things were important all the way through, not just in certain windows yeah and, and and again these frameworks um provide us some guidance and they shouldn't be rigid right but mm -hmm. they also have to abide by certain general principles of 
physical training and physical and, and, and youth physical development as well. Yeah. So again, as we talk about, and again, people call the stages different names all the time, right? Whether it be learning to train or train to train or whatever, and they have, you know, age X to age Y. Yeah. But, you know, you made the point about somebody who might be late into a sport or training. So again, that's where this idea of training age yeah. comes along as well. And then again, we can talk about all the other different ages as well, right? The biological age, the developmental or cognitive age of the individual, all these things have to be taken into consideration within the framework and where that individual principle of individuality now, right? Where that mm -hmm. specific individual is going to fit into their specific long-term athletic development plan. I think another thing to consider with it as well is that quite often the the place that you work let's say for example you're in middle high school well you've only got a small part of that ltad journey that you're responsible for so you've there's that element too it's like you can't just cram an ltad program into that you've got to kind of then work out what's happening either side of you and whether those things are taking place before or not, because if they're not happening before, you maybe need to account for that in your part of the program to bring in a bit more of those fundamental movement skills that are the primary focus, say, on the left-hand side of the, the YPD model by Lloyd mm -hmm. Oliver. Well, maybe you need to backfill that, some of that good stuff that hasn't happened because they were in a poor PE program. They might be someone coming in who's very specialized in a sport. So there's lots of things to consider in that sense. And then there's also where are they going to after as well and, and what sort of support will they have after or what's the emphasis of that program so i think yeah when people look at the models it's like you you can't always cram it all in you've got to appreciate your part of the journey and make sure you do your bit best and make up for maybe what hasn't happened before and then also make sure that they're as well prepared as possible when they move into whether it's a, a high school system or, or an academy system and I think having those conversations outside of your organizations with those third parties that are around your system is really important as well to try and align the the different, yeah, the different stakeholders that inevitably you you will interact with. You you it's very rare that you have, you know, you see a few of these models in America which are K through 12 or in the UK system of you know primary school right through to secondary school, but it's few and far between where those that someone actually has control of that entire system. Yeah, that's that's a great point. I was thinking of that last statement while you were talking because that's becomes the complexity of it, doesn't it? Yeah. Is that is that linkage between the ages and stages and the communication amongst stakeholders yeah. uh, as well? I think having the model as like a guiding light, and I think having like a shared understanding of between those people of like, right, these are, these are all the things that are happening. And you, I guess what's tricky is when you're working in those environments, you've, you've got to kind of look at it at bird's eye view to see zoom out and sort of see all those different components of the system. But then at the same time, you've got to zoom in to the N is one and figure out where are they? So you've got the overarching arching curriculum. And then within it, you've got the units of work, that you're doing with those individual athletes to make sure that they're they're hitting their objectives, and I think that's uh, it's quite a it's quite hard to 
to do well. And you've got to work quite hard, not just in the gym or on the track. You've got to work those relationships around the system too to make something like this really work in the real world. Yeah, absolutely. I think that might be a good segue onto something else we wanted to talk about. And that's like a curriculum or a movement syllabus as well. Yeah, exactly. You know? so I think th this is where I think um, thinking, you know, thinking like an educator. Yeah. And for me, what I figured out in my time working in the, the school system back in the UK was these kids are arriving year on year with the same issues. They don't, they, they're not, they're great at their sport, but they're not physically well prepared. It's the same set of skills that they need to learn in the first phase to set them up for the next phases. And that's where I think, you know, when you've got that long-term plan of curriculum of where you're going, so whether, however you split it up, like we did within ours, which is foundation development performance, knowing what they're going to learn, but then the syllabus pieces, knowing in each one of those key domains, what, what are the components of those domains? What are the movement skills that we're going to teach? And, you know, again, depending on the system, that, that might differ. What, I mean, what's your experience on that or thoughts on that curriculum versus syllabus piece? Yeah, I, I always use the analogy of education as well. And I wrote about this in the blog. You know, we have our subjects in school, we have our maths, we have our science, we have writing. And yeah. within, you know, grade one or grade four, grade six, we have our, we have our, we have our curriculum and things that we want to ob obtain. But obviously some of that hinges upon what goes on in the past. Yeah. So I think, you know, for organizations to have a well-written curriculum for each of those physical qualities, speed, agility, strength, power, what have you, uh, that's kind of really the first step, right? And all good SNC coaches are going to do that anyways. They're going to write out their program. They're going to write out their periodization model. But to have, have your check boxes on that as well. And again, I think this goes into something that plagues long-term athletic development. And people talk about microwaving young athletes, right? And we're trying to accelerate their development. And, you know, in the education space, and, you know, you see this on social media once in a while. It's like trying to teach algebra to a first grader, right? When they are having, or they're struggling with arithmetic. Mm -hmm. um, so just making sure that we have a really well thought out movement curriculum, movement syllabus as they, as they make their way through. And of course, there is going to be individual differences in there, which you were alluding to, right? Where you have to take the big picture look at the age group that you're working with. But then within yeah. there, take a look at individuals and uh, this is where the magic of uh, the art of coaching comes in. Thank you for tuning in to the LTD Network podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast to keep up with all the latest episodes. If you want to continue learning with us, sign up at www.ltadnetwork.com and access presentations and resources from experts around the world. Use the code FREEMONTH at the sign up to get your first month free.